All right, so welcome to part three in our three-part series on getting into flow and the way that you can create that. In part one, we talked about motivation. In part two, we talked about learning. And in part three, we're gonna talk about creativity and creating. If you did not listen or watch the previous two episodes, make sure to do so because we've got a lot of goodness in there. So Brendan, I'm going to allow you to frame this last part about creating flow. Yeah, so the last part we're going to talk about is creativity. I think uh, it's an essential part of the flow process. I think it's what really keeps you in flow. If you're an entrepreneur, especially, you love problem solving, and problem solving takes massive amounts of creativity. Um, But I think you can condense it into sort of the 80-20 rule that we've talked about in both episodes where um, you can really cultivate a lot with a little bit of time. So that's kind of what we're going to go down the rabbit hole on. Oh, I like that. And actually, I'm going to start in a very unique place. And I just did a post about this literally four minutes before we jumped on this podcast. And my post was around the perspective and way of being that I've created for myself. I am that I create more output by working less. And the reason I created this is because I recently had my first child. And when my son was born, I want to be there for that for the first few months and experience that. And I watched my available time to create, um, get reprioritized to a different bucket of my life. And that is a challenge for an action-oriented achiever like myself who is used to taking relentless action in every single thing that I do. And I love to create and do more things. And now all of a sudden, uh, there's some other things that are more important in my life. So now I had to create a state of being in myself that didn't uh, allow the judgment that I felt because I was feeling a method guilt judgment or what I was or wasn't creating judgment of, oh, I really want to be doing this. Am I doing enough? Ooh, bad word, enoughness there and judgment and guilt around it. And it is through the absence of me doing that I can actually create more in living in that perspective. So being more powerful in less time, is that a world that we can live in? And for me, this is the epitome of creativity. This is by far the one of the biggest concepts that I have lived into as a state of being because of how contrarian it is. One, to the way that I've lived the majority of my life, and two, to the way the majority of the world thinks. Yeah, absolutely. And I I think as entrepreneurs too, it's really hard or, or, or just anybody that's busy. A lot of times it's really hard to frame out your day and try to take it in. Like, let's say you take out that 20% of your day to try to be creative. It almost sounds counterintuitive. Like, spending more time doing less actually gets you better results. And what you find is that um, not taking that time is actually what where burnout comes from. Right? When you aren't able to get in a zone where you're able to be creative, where you're able to take that time. And then to your point, when you keep saying that enough, 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 um, and you don't give yourself credit for what you have been doing, or maybe lower the bar to a point where you can actually get things done and have both things sort of centered where you're allowing yourself creative and you're allowing yourself to do more with less, it just it perpetuates some cycles or it can perpetuate those negative cycles. So I would encourage everybody to try to one, like Rob said, kind of forgive yourself for taking 
trying to take less time to do things, but also take the time out for you personally so that you actually have creative space. And we'll get into some different methodologies on that because I know we both have things that we like to do that kind of get us out of our own head and out of that tactical and that sort of entrepreneurial mindset and into more of a space where you're not really having to think about it and it kind of frees you up and resets you to then go attack again, right? Yeah, I think for me, creativity is part of my DNA. It's a default for myself. I think that creativity is both a way of being in a way of creating, in a way of action of outputs. So creativity can be a a unique way to solve a problem. That could be a data problem. It could be a human problem. It could be just sitting there thinking about it. Creativity can be creating something that nobody has ever seen before in the world. Creativity can be a life hack. It can be a simple way for you to get a result that you want. Creativity can be so many different uh, areas and elements of your life. And I think that when you are in flow, you are more creative and or when you're more creative, you are in flow because now you're excited. And I think this is where we become possibilitarians, where you're excited about the possibilities of what could happen from this creativity. And with creativity, mm-hmm. hopefully comes a lack of judgment because we are designing and trying and looking to do things in unique ways. And when you're on that, we're not talking about all the negative things that can happen. Yeah, going back to how you tie in emotion and learning too, obviously creativity is kind of backing or, or underpinning really both of those things. What you're motivated about, you want to learn about. What you learn about takes the creative flow to then be able to put together all the intersections that we talk about on the topics that you're doing. When you have uh, like the aha moments, those send shots of dopamine into your brain. Those keep you more motivated to then keep learning, to then keep taking that creative time. So what I would say, like one of my biggest things on this topic is is taking the time because I think so often it's so easy to get caught up in that you um, don't need to take that time or that that time is least valuable or, or can be booked for that hour meeting or you can sort of push it aside. And I think people are really guilty. I know I have been over the years of doing that myself. Um, and not taking that time, you're taking away that one pillar that really underpins the motivation and the learning that can keep the cycle moving and, and keep it speeding up as you go. And as we, like you talked about last podcast, uh, as you ride that graph and, and cap the downsides and keep yourself on that constant uptrend, you want to make sure that you're underpinning it with something like creativity, giving yourself that space, those aha moments, that that ability to sort of disconnect because flow is basically not thinking about everything and being in a constant state or in a focused state on what you're doing. Um, so you want to be able to take that time because I think it spurs and underpins everything that we've been talking about. So let's get even more specific about some things that I or we do to create creativity in our life. And I think one thing which very few people do, and this comes from the artistic side of my life, is actually set aside time in your week just to brainstorm and think and write. So this is something that I'll do without my computer. I'll grab a notebook and I'll set a timer for an hour and I'll go to a place that is not my desk. 
because I want to create and cultivate an environment of creativity. So I think about when I was living in Chicago and I would be working out of a WeWork and I would go and find a unique little nook and I would go and get a coffee for myself and I would just be sitting there and I would just sit there and I'd write and I would look and I would think and I would look out into the streets and I would allow inspiration to hit me and there was no right or wrong or what am I hoping to get out of this and Another way to sort of yes and this is if anyone's ever read Julia Cameron's book, The Artist Way, she has a daily practice called Morning Pages, and this is something that I do every day, which is just journaling, and the goal is to get what's in your head out of your head, and boom, it's a very simple self-cultivating practice, but this sort of thinking brainstorming session, you've got to give yourself that because so often we live in this always on noise, social media, news, TV, Netflix world where we don't take two seconds to be with ourselves to unearth the gold. And one of the things that I learned when I studied comedy writing at Second City in Chicago for four years and specifically from my uh, writing for the Onion class which was taught by the founder of The Onion, the satire website. And what they said is, when you create ideas, there's a 90-10 rule. You want to create 100 ideas because 90% of them are going to be crap. Only 10% of them might be good. So if you understand that, you're like, well, wait a second. This becomes a volume game. Let's get what's out of your head onto paper so those few little gold nuggets of creativity that you can find have an opportunity to blossom. Right. And I think piggybacking off of that, that creative time and the space to do that is very important. And then how you get into the mode to be in flow is, is obviously every, it's kind of dealer's choice at that point. You know, the, many times I think, I mean, you're a, you're a ball player, you're a basketball player like me. Um, that's a very good source of flow for me when you don't think about anything but getting the hoop in the, or the ball in the net, right, in the hoop. Like that's a huge release for me. And I, I usually end up coming up with ideas as I'm shooting and things because my brain, it just allows your brain to sort of lift off the ground a little bit and allow you that space for you just to have other creative things. Piggybacking, uh, piggybacking off of what you just said, though, when you're able to cultivate that habit of writing down what that intention is, what the things that you want to learn about, again, going back to the list that we've been referring to this whole time, um, if you're able to set that intention, it's it's been like scientifically, neurologically proven that if you set that intent and then go off and do something like that, when you come back, you'll be in a better state to solve that one problem or, or go down that rabbit hole versus if you just keep trying to attack it while your brain's busy, while your phone's dinging, while you're still at your desk instead of out in nature or whatever that, that scenery might look like. But there's something to like obviously writing and taking that pen to paper, making sure you're cultivating that habit and then also setting aside the, the time and then also having that one or two or three things that you go and do. Because for you, Rob, you were saying uh, at WeWork, and I can relate to that because it's a very like eclectic, very like good vibes situation. Sometimes there's beer there. I might have one of those as well, you know. Um, but it, it was that scenery was great because it just there was you almost like couldn't not get into a creative space because it's just set up to be so 
different and there's so many things to look at and it's so stimulating your mind is able to sort of wander um, and it's really creating that space for your mind to wander so that you're not constantly driving yourself insane trying to solve a problem um, and then once you go back you you'll find that you're a lot clearer on that so um, yeah it's a, it's a great point so I want to double down on one thing that you said to make sure everyone hears this and the language was space for you too dot, dot, dot. And it is so important because what we're talking about is creating space in your life, in your day, in your being to create creativity. That if you don't give yourself that opportunity, creativity and flow just aren't going to pop up. And I promise you, every single time that I've done one of my one hour brainstorming sessions, you know what I've been in? flow because the second you open that book my phone's not there beer or coffee and i'm just sitting there and you just look and brendan both you and i both meditate and believe in the power of that and it is the absence of thought that allows us to create more space so in Mm -hmm. this instance we're saying the absence of distractions multitasking email just you in a notebook sitting there writing your thoughts down And this is a practice that I encourage you, if you've never done this before, give yourself a shot. Just don't do it once. Say, hey, I'm gonna do this uh, once a week for a month and just see what the results are. Because I promise you from my own experience, it's the gift that keeps on giving. Yeah, and and I 100% agree with you and to piggyback off that too because i think i think where i would be if this is my first time really hearing about flow or going down this rabbit hole um i'd be wondering like what does that look like what are the things that you guys do or what are good examples of that because we you keep we've gone uh, in a lot of different spaces just sitting at WeWork and looking out outside uh shooting hoops okay great but like a lot of times it's those like the shower for instance is a great place you hear about that all the time i think that's one of the most common places that people have those aha moments well what is the shower and what's really like the scientific uh more mathematical approach to that well when you're in the shower it's just like automated enough and just habitual enough to be where you don't really have to think about it but then you're obviously actively doing something as well so it's it's sort of that combination that sweet spot of doing something that you really don't have to think about doing because it's a common practice or habit like i wouldn't recommend going and shooting hoops if that's not something that like you're already good at because you're you're going to be it's it's going to be too challenging to be in that sort of automated um habitual mode but if it's something that you're really uh, in tune and familiar with and it's almost like your body knows exactly what to do without you even having to think about it that sort of like sets the tone and sets you up into that space where once you start doing that activity, you now free your mind up. So it's not focused on the task. If you're just able to sort of float in that free space and it kind of helps to spur that creative energy. So I just want to give sort of like a, a more technical breakdown of that. Um, give, you know, things that I like to do or obviously go on a walk is great. The WeWork thing, if I can get in the space, like I like to work outside a lot of times when I'm idea generating on stuff or writing things down, uh, especially during the summer, Portland during the winter isn't as great but I still do it. I'll I'll put on a coat every now and then. Um, But the shower that one of the examples I saw was 
Um, every time somebody would hit like a writer's block, they would get in their car because that's an activity that obviously you have to pay attention, but you, you do sometimes kind of go on autopilot. You don't have to think about exactly what to do. Like if someone cuts you off, you know exactly what to do. You react without even thinking about it. So driving in the car can help spur that thought. And then he would literally drive home and then take a shower. So the two combinations together, he would go through an hour long, 30 minute drive home and like a 20 minute shower. And then all of a sudden he'd be back into a creative space. So it's, it's little things like that and trying to understand what those activities are for you. And that's going to be different for everyone. Brendan, I'm going to take a page for you and I'm going to summarize all of that succinctly. And <laughs> it, it is about creating the triggers in your life that create the flow, that creates the creativity. And I yes and everything you say about the shower because I love going to the shower because I go in there and I feel like I'm going into the lab where I've got music on, I've got a cold shower and then I've got a warm shower and I'm dancing and I'm singing and I'm thinking about ideas and there's so many good things that come from that. And one other quick little button of value for anyone dealing with writer's block and this is something I learned at Second City. So writer's block is actually uh, a, a farce. It is not real. Because what writer's block actually is, is just an absence of being willing to put crappy words on paper. So when someone's mm -hmm. sitting there being like, I just can't write anything. No, that's incorrect. I want you to write dog, cat, automobile, black, white, red, green. What does that do? It gets the momentum going. Of course, I love everything that you just said, that your friend used those things. You know what that said to me? He's got a process for how he can get out of writer's block. But the quicker thing for me to tell him would just be, all right, dude, you're just worried about the quality of the words that you're writing on the paper. What you just need to do, you can even open a magazine and just start writing the words because what writer's block says is, I don't know how to write. And that's just not true. You do know how to write. And actually, what we just showed right there are two different creative ways to overcome the same problem. One person says, mm -hmm. let me jump in my car and jump in the shower. I say, you're full of crap. Just start writing stuff down. <laughs> right. But uh, in any problem that you're trying to solve, so writers, obviously, if there's an easier hack to that, I would love that. That's great. He would probably love that. But in any problem that you're trying to solve, there's multiple ways to skin a cat. And again, if, if you can start to get better at, at, at writing down what problems you're trying to solve, what are you curious about? What skills are you trying to build? All of those things will help do that. And then you'll find the hacks along the way because Mr. Cressy just shared gold with you. So again, it's just about being, being willing to write those things down, be intentional about them, and then sort of set the precedence on what you want to be creative about in the first place. All right, Brendan, let's wrap this up with an action item or takeaway around creativity and getting into flow. Yeah, so uh, I'll go back to what I said at the beginning, the time. Uh, take that creative time. You know, there's a reason why uh, places like Google and some of these tech companies have a 20 or a 20% rule. They allow their employees to take 20% of their time and work on their own creative projects. Uh, that allows them the autonomy and the freedom, which is also part of sort of that motivation stack that really helps to drive that momentum. Um, it allows them to not feel like they have to be confined to the desk, confined to the task at hand and really deep dive into problems all day long. They're allowed that creative autonomy to then go and spur new ideas. And obviously someone like Google has benefited greatly from it. I think 3M back in the day started that 
process was maybe like a 15% rule or a 20% rule. And it, it's been cultivated since through some of these tech uh, moguls, basically, or these tech companies. Um, so I would encourage you to try to take 20% out of your day. So when you look at 20% on a, on a full day stack, if you work a five day work week, which if you're an entrepreneur, you probably don't probably always doing something um, as me and you know, but let's take it in a five day stack. That, that'd be a whole day's worth of creativity if you took 20% of your time. So think about that on a calendar. If you're and if, again, to Rob's point, if you need to wake up a little earlier for that time, or if you need to do certain things to set up your day uh, better, we've been through that, that stack ourselves, right? When we wanted more time, we created more time and you create that hour earlier of waking up. And that might take some habitual uh, building or some habit building, some habit stacking, but if you're motivated enough, I mean, going back and just working our way through that list of the motivation, the curiosities, what skills you want to learn, what purpose are you trying to, the problems and purpose are you trying to solve? And then obviously the learning cycle, it really does help you get into that space and you'll create that time to do it. And I'm going to yes and you for my action item and takeaway. And I want you to see this time as a gift you are giving yourself because it truly is a gift. Don't see this as a drag in my feet. Oh my God, I can't believe I have to do this. No, this is a gift you can give yourself. This is self-love. This is you giving yourself the gift of flow and creativity. You know how amazing and beautiful it is? Like, I think the real thing would be people come to us saying, Rob and Brendan, I've decided to do this for my entire life. That's all I want to do because that's how amazing this actually is. So please see this as a gift you can give yourself because when you come from that perspective, holy smokes, Batman, that's where the gold is. So Brendan, I absolutely loved jamming with you about flow. This is something both you and I are passionate about. This is something that is part of our tool belt for creating and self-mastery. Where can everybody connect with you? I am on Instagram at Brendan Pettit, and that's B-R-E-N-D-A-N-P-E-T-T-I-T. And on my end, you can hit me up on all social media platforms at Rob Cressy. And I want to hear from you. Did anything we say inspire you or cause you to think or take action? Or are these perspectives and ways of being? Are you doing some of them? Can you yes end with us? Are there some things that you're doing in your life that can add to this conversation? Because we have a community of like-minded people who get down like this. You can go to robcressy.com or shoot me an email. Rob at robcressy.com would love to jam with you. I'll even offer up a free coaching conversation to anyone who wants to get down, talk a little bit more about their growth, creativity, and self-mastery. Love that, man. Love chopping it up with you, bro.